Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Key Reese, And I'm Laura Brodnick. And I am counting down the days till holidays. You know, this is my very last Thursday of the year that I will be working. Even my grinchy black heart has started getting excited for Christmas. And most of that is because of today's interview. <gasps> I know. Okay, no big deal. We've got Delta Bloody Goodrim on the show. Australian treasure, amazing performer, amazing host, all round really nice person as well. I unfortunately had to sit it out, but I cannot wait to listen to you guys having a good old chin wag. But before we do that, we've got to do the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gossip? I want more headlines. Kourtney Kardashian is making her film debut in the upcoming remake of She's All That, starring alongside Gen Z TikToker and BFF Addison Rae. Court took to Instagram yesterday to announce the news, posting a pic of herself laying on her bed with a script in hand, captioned studying and tagged the official he's all that Instagram handle. The Instagram page then confirmed the news by reposting the pic onto their story with introducing Jessica Miles Torres, a brand new character it seems. So you might remember we spoke about the remake recently. Addison is going to star as Paget Sawyer, a gender-swapped version of the role that Freddie Prince Jr. made famous, Zach Silla, in the original. So it comes after the news earlier this month that the city of Los Angeles reversed a decision to close down a prominent COVID-19 testing site to accommodate the filming of the movie. They were initially granted a filming permit for one day at one of the city's train stations, which was going to be on December 1st, which effectively forced 504 people with coronavirus testing appointments to seek tests in another location. So the mayor luckily quickly intervened and confirmed the location would be reopened to accommodate testing and avoid what would have been a very silly and not smart snafu on their part. So maybe the news of Kourtney Kardashian is bringing a little bit of spark back to the new remake. Oh my god, the news around this movie just gets worse and worse. You know, I know my thoughts on casting Addison Ray with no acting experience in this role. It's or Courtney stuck. Kardashian as a Latina character. We'll oh save my that god, for I know. But dive. look here, she does have some acting experience. Remember on that one of the Kim and Courtney take New York seasons? I hate that I know this. She starred in a um, soap opera. I can't think of which one it was. I think it was All My Children. Yes. And she actually came on and played a character. Not enough in my opinion, but look, if they're going to do stunt casting, they might as well go all the way. In some exciting news, pop superstar turned fashion mogul and writer Jessica Simpson has inked a deal with Amazon to develop a range of projects. So the deal includes a docuseries that will launch on Amazon Prime Video and it will feature never-before-seen footage shot over the past 10 years and explore the highs and lows of Jess's life, including her singing career, her sobriety, starting a family, and, of course, her billion-dollar business. 
In addition to the docu-series, they'll also be developing a coming-of-age scripted series based on her New York Times best-selling memoir, Open Book. So the series will air on the Amazon-owned IMDb TV and centre around her life post-divorce, here's a throwback, from 98 Degrees Singer and her newlyweds co-star, Nick Lachey, and the journey to discovering herself after they eventually then broke up. And then finally, the deal also includes two new original essays written by Jessica, which will be published through Amazon Original Stories about parenting and motherhood. It's a really interesting deal, and I like how different it is, like all of the things that are involved in it. It'll be really interesting to see how everything goes. I feel like it's pretty smart. That memoir went gangbusters, so she's definitely bankable. And finally for today, Netflix has released a list of their most watched movies and TV shows for 2020, and it's actually a pretty fascinating insight into the stories that people turn to while living through a pandemic. So, Key Reese, in the comedy section, the most popular movie was Holiday. So, that's that new Christmas rom com starring yes, Emma Roberts. It's really good. Yeah, I knew you'd love it, which is a fairly new addition to Netflix. So, people must have really loved that. And the most popular comedy series, no surprises here, was Emily in Paris. Or we've since learned that's the wrong way to say it. It's meant to be Emily in Paris so that it oh, rhymes. But no Emily one knew that, in including Paris. Lily Collins, who starred in the TV show. That launched a thousand think pieces and memes. And even though people said that they couldn't stand a lot of it, it was so popular that it's got a second season. So that makes a lot of sense. In the drama category, the most popular movie was Anola Holmes, which is a bit of a surprise. That's the um, Sherlock Holmes kind of spin series that's got um, Millie Bobby Brown playing the lead character. And no surprises also that the most watched TV series was The Queen's Gambit, which is why everyone is frantically buying chess sets all across Australia, including Key Reese and her partner, Charlie. (laughs) No comment on that. And in the horror movie section. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. You're a scaredy cat, so you haven't watched either of these. I already know. So in the horror movie section, the most watched movie was It Chapter 2, which makes a lot of sense because that was like a huge blockbuster movie, critically acclaimed. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's amazing. And TV series The Haunting of Bly Manor, which we've covered on the show before. Which you said had a really good romantic story, but I don't believe that for a second. It is. It's a horror show, but also a romance. Hey, the romance in that story, people are still talking about it. It's beautiful and tragic. And last but not least, the most watched reality TV series on Netflix. And here's a bit of a blast from the past, from the beginning of the year key. Too Hot to Handle, (gasps) which I'm sad to say I had to watch in full. So I actually know what this horrendous show is about. (laughs) You loved it. We did a watch club on it. (laughs) We did a watch club on it, which I think is like actually listening back to that watch club episode. If you haven't listened to it, we recapped Too Hot to Handle and we were so hysterical that our producer had to turn our mics off and give us a talking to because we were shrieking with laughter. So if you need a bit of a laugh, go back and listen to that. And yes, that's what everyone's been watching on Netflix this year. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. Delta Goodrum is one of Australia's most celebrated artists and her list of achievements include nine number one singles, 
four number one albums, 17 top 10 hits, 16 ARIA awards, a Silver Logie Award, and three World Music Awards. But there's a lot more to Delta Goodrum than just rattling off her list of achievements. So on The Spill today, I chat to Delta about leaving The Voice, facing criticism in the public eye, recovering from a surgery that nearly cost her her voice, and her brand new Christmas album, Only Santa Knows. And yes, guys, she does sing, and it was absolutely magical. So here's Delta. Delta Goodrum, thank you so much for joining us on The Spill today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we have a lot of exciting things we want to talk to you about, but the first one is some news that you dropped by surprise this week about starting your own production company in conjunction with Channel 9. And we found it very interesting because we've spoken a lot on this podcast about how so many women in the public eye, like Reese Witherspoon is probably the name that comes to mind, who have said, I want to make the projects I want to make. I want to make things that I'm really passionate about, and this is the way to do it. So we're just kind of interested in what the catalyst was for you making that decision well that's a great way of explaining and sharing it it is it's I think that I've always been a creative at heart and I live and breathe being a creative but that part of me that has always pulled together between artwork and music and and visuals and music and the sounds that are layered upon a record or you know it's what I naturally do but I I have in this kind of year in 2020 being forced to really produce so much more content to produce and be efficient from home was a really inspiring part of saying, okay, I learned so much this year and then getting creative and and looking at what do I want for this next chapter? And I do it every year, you know, at the end of the year, I, I always sit and say, okay, well, you know, what is it that I want next? And this feels really right for me to really continue to produce great content with Outload Productions and to partner with um, wonderful teams and to bring to life new and exciting uh, year. And speaking of that next chapter, so we're really interested in what you have lined up for 2021. So obviously there's been a lot of headlines around the voice moving networks and what that might look like for your career. So can you give us an idea, like what's the roadmap for you next year? Of course, you know, and I, and I love the voice so much. It is always a part of my heart. Team Delta will continue on. <laughs> they will be with me in the new era and I will be cheering on all the beautiful artists heading into that. It's been nine years and I, I love every different season. But um, at the moment, a real focus has been, obviously the Christmas special has been my first huge major production and I'm so grateful for it because it's a real passion which leads into the music, into the show. I'm honoured to have, you know, to sing with the beautiful Kylie Minogue, to sing with Olivia, sing with Robbie Williams and these wonderful artists to be a part of this show and just bring it to life and, and Tourism Australia being a great partner we get to give back these amazing experiences for deserving Aussies. It's something that I've always wanted to do for years and years and years. I've been like, this has always been a project I've wanted to bring to life. And this was the year that it's come to life. And so, yeah, I'm I'm really grateful. Uh, Well, speaking of Christmas projects, you've also released your Christmas album, which was a nice kind of surprise for everyone who's been locked away alone at home this year and needing a bit of Christmas cheer to kind of get us in the mood for this end part of the year. So was that a catalyst for you to kind of wanting to make that Christmas album? Was that something you were thinking about in lockdown or how did that come about? Yeah, I definitely didn't know at the start of the year that I was doing a Christmas record. I um, I had no plans of, of thinking about Christmas records. You know, normally these things you think about a little further in advance, like, yeah, you know what, next year might be the Christmas record, make music through the year. No. Mine was I had so many parts of this year were about adapting to the change in the moment. And in another aspect of that was 
we were talking saying, wow, like I, I was really missing my family and saying, I can't wait till Christmas and the gravity of, of what Australia is in the world, obviously, but between bushfires and droughts and the pandemic. And I just thought, wow, like I can't wait till Christmas and just being with the family and what that will mean. And then that kind of was a catalyst for writing a song that, you know, only Santa knows and the magic of Christmas and the belief in it. And, and then the other song, Merry Christmas to You, was about the fact that it's not always an easy time for people. And so it was kind of this roll on. Then, you know, I was playing it to the label and we were going, I said, I just wrote this song, Only Santa Knows. And I think it's, I really love it. Like I keep yeah. singing, Only Santa Knows, Only Santa Knows. And I just kept going around, around, around. And then we were like, should we make a Christmas record? We should make a Christmas record. And so then just got our skates on and Matt and I jumped in the studio and we produced the whole thing and played every instrument and brought the Chris choirs in and brought the orchestras in and made an album that I'm proud of that feels timeless still and authentic to my art space. Yeah, and you really do feel that by listening to it. I've had it blaring away this week, kind of getting into that Christmas spirit so it really gets into that kind of persona. Like when you say that, like it makes me <laughs> feel like, that stuff I love so much. Like I'm like, I feel like I'm in your house at Christmas. It makes me so lucky. Well, it's always very generous of you when you share your stories. And I know that over the decades of your career that you've been in the public eye, you've been very generous about that. And something I did want to ask you about was this year you shared a very personal story about the story behind your song Paralyzed. And that had such an impact on people in Australia who had no idea that was going on behind the scenes of all the music and entertainment you were creating. So can you tell us a little bit about that time, especially that day that you woke up from the surgery and realized what kind of an impact? that could have on your career going forward? Yeah, of course. It was a step-by-step um, -step process that went down and then realising what had happened or what was going on and that obviously that it was my speech had completely changed and I had had to start to realise I wasn't in control of my tongue, obviously the paralysis of the nerve. And it was a time of surrendering to uh, what was going on and being silent amongst listening to the world was 2018 and I, I, you know, this is life. This is being a human and it's messy and this is what happens. But I didn't, as an artist in writing Paralyzed, I'd tried to write that song, like a song about that chapter numerous times and then that song felt right. But I had no intention of releasing it as a song this early on. But when the whole world stopped and went into like a freeze frame of all of their plans had been silenced overnight, I thought, well, I feel like I wrote this song about something very specific to my journey, but the truth of it is you really don't know what someone's going through and maybe this was the time to share that. And so I, I shared it. It wasn't like a move of here's my new songs. It was just, well, I guess a lot of people would be going through this. And so I'm going to share this song and see if people connect to that and remind them to be kind in this time because it's going to be a really tough time for people. And on that day that you knew that video was going up and you were going to share your story publicly, yeah. did you have any kind of trepidation? Because I think anyone who puts their personal stories out into the world has that moment of like knowing that it'll do some good. But you also have this moment of once this story goes out there, it's it's not mine anymore. Like people can take control of it and people can use it in different ways. Was that going through your mind at all? Of course, I think about that. But, but at the end of the day, I was nervous to share my story only because it, like you said, it, it was a part of my story and I didn't even know if I would for a long time. But the response was so overwhelmingly beautiful in the way that people who had experienced something like it. And then I did a, a talk with 
I asked my speech therapist and we spoke to different people who continue to live with communication disabilities that the first text I got back was, hey, you wouldn't know this, but I actually went through X, Y, and Z. And then I got another text from somebody like, these are the first two things that came back to me. And I was like, wow, like, I remember when I was going through it, I couldn't find where to talk to. It was different when I'd gone through cancer where there was a lot more information to speak to people, but going through a paralysis or going through a speech communication challenge was really hard to find people to talk through about it. So I felt instantly connected to a new part of society and people that were going through this. So that part was worth it straight away. Yeah, from an outsider perspective, you could really see that momentum building. I know when we posted the story on our Mamma Mia socials and we had so many women in the comments and men as well saying like, I've been through this or tagging family members and saying like, oh, this is what you went through. And it was a world that I wasn't really aware of. But then all of a sudden we're seeing this huge community of Australians who have been through the same thing. But sometimes having someone in the public eye really unifies that conversation. Something like a communication challenge it's quite a private thing because you don't mm. feel very, it makes you very, very inwards rather than wanting to sort of speak, obviously. So, yeah. Speaking of being in the public eye in that way, this has been a year we've had so many women in the public eye in Australia in particular, like Erin Mullen or Sam Armitage, talk about the fact that it can be really difficult when you're trying to share your stories and experiences and there's people who can be abusive on social media or tabloid publications that can run any kind of headlines they want and there's no kind of consequences. Do you have like a bit of a a battle plan for being a woman in the public eye or how do you kind of deal when that attention suddenly turns negative? I think everybody's different in how they approach and deal with it. And it does depends on so many factors, you know, being a musician in the public eye or being a creator of music and doing my work. I have a a drive for the love of my art and the love of people. And so I think that the rest of it, I learn along the way, but I I think it's really important to stay authentically true to you and, and to remember to be kind. And, and at the end of the day, you know, you can't let people project what they want to project onto you. You know, it's really important to support each other and support fellow women who are going through difficult times like that, because, you know, they're wonderful women and, it's really, really important to have each other's back and be kind. It's it's really not that hard to be kind and to remember that we are all human and everyone's just doing the best they can. Exactly. And talking of that, that idea of supporting women, you obviously hosted the ARIA Awards this year and we're part of that just chilling, beautiful moment where all the women got up on stage and sung Helen Reddy's I Am Woman. What was that like to be part of that moment and what was going on behind the scenes just before you all came to stage? It was awesome. It was so awesome. You know, firstly, it was a total honour to uh, host the Arias and another different element of fun. Like I've had many a great Aria moments, shared magical musical moments with Arias, but then to host it felt like something really different and fun and and then performing at the end the icing on the cake getting to sing with all wonderful wonderful beautiful artists that I love we have a lot of fun everyone was really relaxed and happy and talking about different things with music and everyone was very happy just being together singing it felt like a real moment together Yes, you really did get that vibe from watching it. Like I said, it absolutely gave me chills just kind of seeing that camaraderie on stage. And just before we let you go, Delta, I know you gave us a little taste of it before, but obviously everyone's gearing up to Christmas and Christmas songs is what's getting everyone in the mood. Would you sing a few lines from one of your songs from your Christmas album? Just if anyone hasn't listened to it yet, this will convince you to go out and grab it straight away. 
I'm guessing you mean only Santa knows when you're asleep. You have to sing to me, only Santa knows what cookies you leave. Only Santa knows if you really do believe. Only Santa knows. Oh my God, that was amazing. Thank you so much. What a beautiful way to end. Well, thank you so much, Delta Gudra, for coming on our show. Like I said, the stories and the music and the art that you share is such a gift to Australia. And again, thank you so much for coming on the spill and sharing some Christmas joy with us. Not at all. Thanks for having me. Thank you for your beautiful questions. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. Great interview, Laura Brodnick. Geez, you've really got the the skills, don't you? This episode of The Spill was produced by Maddie Joanno and Leah Porges. We will see you on mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.